So, due to the graphic nature of this story, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes depictions of kidnapping, murder, and gruesome child death. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Don't trust strangers with candy. We all heard the advice as kids, and then promptly went door-to-door taking candy from strangers. On Halloween night, that rule hits the garbage bin, piled under candy wrappers and diet plans. But it's wisdom worth listening to. Candy can conceal danger, not just under the wrapper, but in the hands giving it away. That's the moral of the urban legend of the Texas Candy Lady, a mythical serial killer who targets children. But she's not the only danger out there. Some candy-bearing killers are all too real. So this Halloween week, our episode's a little different. I'll present our spin on the Candy Lady, a killer who's probably fictional. After that, we cover three eerily similar crimes that actually happened. Each real crime serves the same warning, don't trust strangers with candy. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Serial Killers, a Spotify podcast. You can find us here every Monday. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Serial Killers Podcast. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up is never a good idea. It can have some terrible consequences. I mean, think about the subject matter we cover on our show. I wonder how much easier it would be if we normalized talking about negative feelings instead of lashing out when it all builds up. I recently had a session where I faced some things going on in my life I hadn't spoken to anyone about. And when I talked about it with my therapist, I realized how heavy it actually was. And I was able to see it in a different light. And it didn't feel as heavy anymore. When you need to talk, but you want a safe space for that conversation, I highly recommend BetterHelp. Even if you haven't experienced major trauma in your life, therapy is excellent for day-to-day positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Serial Killers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Serial Killers. This episode is brought to you by Accounting Plus. We've heard about career killers, but how about a killer career? Accounting has got it all. You'll have flexibility, great pay, and the kind of lifestyle you've always dreamed of. If that's not enough, you'll have the opportunity to make a difference by using your detective skills to investigate financial mysteries. Want in? Accounting Plus provides free resources that'll help guide you to a successful career in accounting and personal freedom. Do more. Live more. Visit joinaccountingplus.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details.
Leo sulked across the playground. He couldn't find his best friend, Evan. They had different teachers, so recess was the only time they got to see each other. He plopped down by the metal gate, feeling very lonely. Sure, he could play soccer with most of his third grade class, but he hated soccer. It made his chest hurt. His mom called it asthma, but the other kids just called Leo weird. The dumb red scarf his mom made him wear didn't help. His dad told him the scarf was like his very own superhero cape. It looked super cool and it kept him healthy. But Leo thought it looked stupid. It didn't even get that cold in Texas. He looked through the playground's metal fence and sighed. Past the school's parking lot, there were acres of rolling cornfields and his favorite view, the old abandoned house. One day, he'd live there by himself, hidden in the corn. He could do whatever he wanted. He wouldn't have to listen to his mean classmates or his parents treating him like a baby. He'd be happy and he'd be alone. Actually, he'd probably bring Evan. Speaking of, Leo finally saw Evan clomping across the playground. His thick glasses threatened to fall off as he skidded right next to Leo. Leo threw his hands in the air. Where were you? Evan sniffled his perpetually runny nose and rummaged through his jacket pocket. I had to run to my backpack to get this. Evan pulled out the biggest chocolate bar Leo had ever seen. Evan puffed his chest out proudly. I found it on my bedroom windowsill this morning. Look! He flipped over the wrapper to show a handwritten message. A sweet treat for a sweet boy. If you want more, just make a wish and I'll hear you. From the Candy Lady. Leo's mouth watered and he reached for the chocolate bar. Evan pulled it away. Dude, get your own. Just make a wish or whatever. Leo crossed his arms. If you let me have one piece, I'll give you my red scarf. My dad says it's like a superhero cape. Evan pondered, then nodded enthusiastically. Leo took off his scarf and handed it to Evan. Evan wrapped it around his neck proudly, then broke off a piece of chocolate and traded it to Leo. The chocolate melted as it hit Leo's lips, creamy yet a little tart, perfection. Leo grinned at Evan, who now had chocolate smeared across his face. He spoke through another mouthful. I'm gonna wish to the candy lady every night until forever. Me too. We're gonna be candy kings. Leo and Evan high-fived, then finished the bar of chocolate. At dinner that night, Leo's dad asked about his day. Leo shrugged. He knew if he told his parents how much he hated school, they'd freak out and baby him. But he realized his mistake as soon as his mom asked where his scarf was. Leo's face went hot. He came up with a quick lie. I left it in my cubby so I wouldn't forget to wear it at recess. She told him that was very smart. Relieved, Leo picked at his meatloaf and wished more than anything that it would transform into chocolate. After dinner, Leo went upstairs to his bedroom. He went over to his window and pressed his forehead against the cold glass. Candy lady, please bring me a big bag of candy. And don't worry, I'll share with Evan. 
Then he wrapped himself up in his blanket and went to bed. Leo awoke the next morning to tapping on his bedroom window. He rolled out of bed to check it out. When he opened the window, he found a bag of gummy worms as big as his head. He snatched the bag and closed his window. As he held the bag close to his face, smelling the fruity sweetness, he noticed writing on it, Our sugar-coated secret from the Candy Lady. Leo tore open the bag and shoved a handful of gummies into his mouth. Sugary goodness exploded across his tongue. He ate a second handful, but he stopped himself there. He had to save some to show Evan. Leo hid the gummy worms in his jacket all morning until recess. He scrambled all over the playground looking for Evan. He climbed to the top of the slide, the best vantage point, and that's when he saw Evan's mom's car parked at the front of the school. She must be dropping him off late. Evan was so lucky, he got to miss half a day of school and probably got McDonald's for lunch. Wait until he saw what Leo had for their dessert. Still perched atop the slide, he saw Evan's mom head back to her car with the principal and a police officer. He couldn't hear them talking, but Evan's mom doubled over, crying. Leo kept looking for Evan the rest of the day, but he never found him. He couldn't quite explain it, but he had the feeling that he wouldn't ever find him. He ate a handful of gummy worms to make himself feel better. At dinner that night, Leo's parents were unusually quiet. Mom didn't ask how his day was, even though today he actually wanted to talk about it. He pushed away his leftover meatloaf. He was too full of gummies. Then he spoke up. Evan wasn't at school today. I saw his mom crying. His mom and dad looked at each other in a worried way. Mom rubbed his arm and said she was sure everything would be okay. But she used her lying voice, the voice she used when she didn't think Leo was grown up enough. He pulled away from her and huffed. There was so much he wanted to say, that he was tired of being treated like a baby, that he wanted to pick his own clothes, that he was really scared and he wanted his parents to be honest with him. But all he managed was, it's not fair. He ran to his bedroom. Leo leapt onto his bed and buried his face in his pillow, crying hot tears. Suddenly, he heard his window slide open. A chill breeze blew across the back of his neck. He turned to see a woman with stringy hair and crooked teeth crouching on the sill. She was hideous. But then she pulled a tin from behind her back. Bright candies and chocolates filled the brim. Leo's heart pounded. It was the candy lady. Leo ran toward her, then hesitated. The candy looked delicious, but something didn't feel right. The candy lady arched an eyebrow. Evan told me he wanted you to have a piece. Leo lit up. Did you see Evan today? Instead of an answer, the candy lady grabbed his hand, cackling wildly, and pulled him out the open window. <laughs>
This episode is brought to you by Accounting Plus. We've heard about career killers, but how about a killer career? Accounting has got it all. You'll have flexibility, great pay, and the kind of lifestyle you've always dreamed of. If that's not enough, you'll have the opportunity to make a difference by using your detective skills to investigate financial mysteries. Want in? Accounting Plus provides free resources that'll help guide you to a successful career in accounting and personal freedom. Do more. Live more. Visit joinaccountingplus.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Leo screamed as the candy lady swept them both out of the window, but his shouts were swallowed by the rushing wind. To his surprise, he didn't tumble from his second-story window to his front yard. Instead, he felt like he was rolling down a very steep slide. He could only see darkness. He could only hear the candy lady's echoing cackle. His head reeled. Would he fall forever? He finally landed with a thud into a kitchen chair. He looked around, confused. He was in a nice, cozy kitchen at a dining table. A wood fire oven with an open door glowed at the other side of the room. A hand touched his shoulder, and Leo turned around sharply. Now, in the dim light of the fire, he saw the candy lady. Her hair was tied back in a disheveled bun, and she wore an old-looking dress, like grandmas always wore in books. When she grinned at him, she had yellowed, chipped teeth. He winced, which only made her laugh. She tapped her front teeth. You know how they got this way? Too much candy. Leo couldn't help but smile back. But then he felt a very big sadness in his chest. The candy lady tussled his hair. What's wrong, sugar lump? Leo looked around. No sign of Evan. You said Evan wanted me to have some candy, but I don't know where he is. The candy lady nodded sympathetically. Don't worry, you'll see him soon. Leo did feel a little better, but there was something about the candy lady's tone. It reminded him of his mom's lying voice. Then she leaned in as if to whisper a secret. You know what always makes me feel better? Candy. She pulled the tin seemingly out of nowhere and placed it on the table in front of Leo. His eyes lit up. There were neon blue and pink hard candies, rich chocolate chunks, and gooey gummy worms. Eat up. Leo didn't need to be told twice. He shoveled fistfuls of sweets into his mouth. There was a party on his tongue, and he wanted to dance. This is what being a grown-up was like. Mom and Dad couldn't tell him what to do now. After a few more mouthfuls, Leo slowed down. His stomach gurgled and cramped. 
He felt like if he ate much more, he'd throw up. But he'd never tasted candy this good in his life. He stared down at the tin. He hadn't even made a dent in the mountain of candy. Probably because the candy lady was magical. He had very smartly figured that out without needing to ask. She was like the witch in Hansel and Gretel, only way nicer. He felt her come up behind him. You better keep eating, my licorice love drop. I made all of that for you. Leo shook his head. He was definitely going to be sick. Then he felt something sharp prod into his back. I said, keep eating. Leo turned and came face to face with a large kitchen knife. Leo leapt from his chair, barely dodging the blade as the candy lady swung. Leo ducked under the table as she swung again. He crawled toward the side closest to the door, but the candy lady's feet blocked his path. She bent down, her eyes wide and wild. Leo crab-walked away toward the wood stove. The candy lady shot to the other side of the table, blocking him again. Leo had no way out. The candy lady was going to kill him. But seeing her legs in front of the oven, he thought about Hansel and Gretel again. She was like the witch, and the kids in the story beat her by pushing her into an oven. He did his best battle cry and charged toward her knees. She stumbled backward. His heart raced. She was going in. But then she caught herself. The candy lady leered down at Leo, flashing her crooked teeth. She raised her knife. Then she paused, sniffing. Leo did too. Sugary smoke filled his nostrils like burnt marshmallows. The candy lady looked behind her. Her dress was on fire. She swatted at her skirt, turning away from Leo. He took his chance and scrambled out the door. As Leo burst into the cold night air, he found himself surrounded by looming corn stalks. He was in a field. He knew this field. It was the one near his school, and the candy lady's house was the one he daydreamed of living in. That dream went up in flames, along with the house. Leo stared, dumbstruck, as the candy lady appeared in the doorway, whole body ablaze. She ran right at him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Leo sprinted through the cornfield as hard as he could, even though he hated running. His chest burned and his stomach cramped. Corn stalks whipped and tore at his skin, but he didn't stop. The candy lady was still chasing him. Leo kept running until he tripped. He fell in the dirt, his hand hitting a hard rock. No, not a rock. The cornfield was littered with baby teeth. 
Leo shuddered, jumping up. He flicked off a tooth that stuck to his skin. Ew! Then he saw what he'd tripped over. A body about his size. The eyes had been gouged out and pinwheel lollipops stuck in the sockets. The toothless mouth overflowed with candy, a mixture of gummy and real worms. Leo felt sick, but he couldn't tear his eyes away. The boy wore a licorice crown, like a candy king. Then he saw a smashed pair of thick glasses and a familiar red scarf. Evan. Leo tried to understand. This wasn't real. It couldn't be. Evan was his friend. He would see him tomorrow at recess. Wouldn't he? He crawled close to Evan's body. Tears rolled down his face as he whispered, Let's not be candy kings, okay? Okay? Cornstalk snapped behind him. The candy lady was coming. Leo gave Evan one last hug, then ran. And ran and ran. Yet he still heard the raspy laughter getting closer. Finally, he reached the road. Before he could take a breath, headlights blared toward him. The car screeched to a halt, the doors flew open, and Leo's mom and dad emerged. Dad scooped him up into a huge hug, and mom wrapped her arms around them both. They kissed his cheeks and told him how sorry they were. They knew he was a big boy. He didn't need to run away to prove it. Leo's heart was still pounding. He didn't have the words to explain. He was just glad they were there. His face twisted, and he burst into tears. His parents hugged him even tighter. Between their arms, he looked back toward the cornfield. There was no smoke, no candy lady, as if nothing had happened, just cornstalks blowing in the wind. Leo began to wonder if he had imagined the whole thing. But on the drive back home, he felt something in his pocket, a colorful hard candy that hadn't been there before. He unwrapped it and saw a handwritten message. I hope you enjoyed your treats. I've got something even sweeter for you next time. From the Candy Lady. The legend of the Candy Lady is shrouded in mystery. Most people who know the story agree on the details, but historical records do little to back them up. The Candy Lady allegedly began as a woman named Clara Crane. In the late 1800s, her daughter died in a farming accident in Terrell, Texas, just outside Dallas. She blamed her husband for being drunk and negligent. As revenge, she murdered him by feeding him poisoned candy. Crane was arrested and committed to an asylum, but after a few years, the asylum faced overcrowding and she was released. Because she was soft-spoken and polite, the staff determined Clara was fit enough to return to society. As the legend goes, not long after Crane's release, local children began disappearing. All that was found was their teeth left in the cornfields. But it wasn't only kids in danger. A sheriff investigating the missing children was also discovered in a field, dead. 
His eyes were missing, and his pockets were full of candy. That's when some kids fessed up about finding sweets left on their windowsills, by Clara Crane, they presumed. But by then, she'd vanished, as if she had become something more than human. At least, according to the legend. There are no newspaper archives about the missing children or the murdered sheriff. In fact, there's no paper record indicating Clara Crane ever existed. But that doesn't mean she wasn't the manifestation of a real fear. The Candy Lady may have been inspired by a case gripping the nation in the late 1800s, the kidnapping of Charlie Ross. It's commonly suggested that Charlie's kidnapping is where the phrase, don't take candy from strangers, comes from. On July 1st, 1874, four-year-old Charlie was kidnapped from his own yard by William Mosher and Joseph Douglas. During the week before, Mosher and Douglas stopped by the Ross's yard several times. They'd say hello to Charlie and his older brother, Walter, and give them candy. The boys loved it. Walter even mentioned the unusual kindness to their father, Christian. At the time, Christian didn't raise an eyebrow. Candy hadn't been used maliciously before. He didn't know he should be worried. After the kidnapping, Christian dedicated the rest of his life to searching for Charlie and raising awareness for missing children. The way Charlie was lured from his home with candy was a big part of the story. The dire warnings spread across America. And when they reached Texas, they poured gas on the Candy Lady legend. Though for some children in Texas, the most dangerous candy didn't come from strangers at all. It came from their own parents. On Halloween 1974, Ronald O'Brien gave his two children and their three friends oversized candy straws. It wasn't until Ronald's son Timothy died that anyone else realized the powdery candy was laced with cyanide. It was pure luck that none of the other four children tried their poisoned candy before the crime was uncovered. Ronald had plotted to murder his own children to commit insurance fraud and other children to cover up the scheme. When that story hit the news, American parents grew even more cautious of Halloween treats, especially those around Houston, where the O'Brien family had lived. The Candy Lady legend was already present in Texas. Now the fears were refreshed. Even if she wasn't real, there were people like her in the world, in Texas, and more than one. Ronald O'Brien is often nicknamed the Candy Man, but he's not the only killer with that name. There's also serial killer Dean Coral. In the 1960s, Dean Coral worked for his family's candy factory in Houston, Texas. The Coral Candy Company was popular with local kids and teens. It was right across from a local elementary school, and Dean often gave passing kids free samples. Eventually, the factory morphed into a local hangout, especially once Dean set up a pool table. He spent a lot of time with local boys and didn't stop after the factory closed in 1968. He just started inviting them to his home. There, he'd torture and kill the poor teens. Sometimes he forced them to call their parents or write a letter claiming they'd left town for a while. 
Between 1970 and 1973, Coral killed at least 28 people, mostly teenage boys. If you want more detail, we've covered his crimes on past episodes of Serial Killers, but I wanted to highlight that Coral's victims lived in the same region as the Candy Lady legend. They'd very possibly heard it growing up, as did their parents. That makes it even more tragic. Because despite its mythical nature, the Candy Lady tale warns of a real danger. People who seem friendly on the outside may not be. And while we dismiss urban legends as fiction, their morals can protect you from something even worse, hiding in the shadows. Thanks for listening to Serial Killers, a Spotify podcast. We release new episodes every Monday, and be sure to check us out on Instagram at Serial Killers Podcast. Don't forget to check all the candy before eating it this Halloween. And stay safe out there. Serial Killers is a Spotify podcast. This episode was written by Joseph Bricker, edited by Amin Osman, Alex Garland, and Maggie Admire. Researched and fact-checked by Mickey Taylor and sound designed by Alex Button. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our head of production is Nick Johnson. And Spencer Howard is our post-production supervisor. I'm your host, Vanessa Richardson. <laughs>